0: In this episode of the Becoming Conscious podcast, I speak with Dan Schmidt who is a meditation teacher. He's released multiple documentaries on YouTube that have been very highly acclaimed, landing millions of views, talking about samadhi awakening, enlightenment, how do we see through the illusion of self and how different religions and cultures have related to the experience of no self and have been teaching us and guiding us towards an experience of no self and he really elucidates what the search for truth means and is and what it is we're actually shooting for and so in this conversation we speak on some of those topics about the desires of the self the attachments that we have what does it take to see through the attachments as well as going into a practice called dyad self-inquiry which is a really interesting practice that he does up at the retreat center in canada that relates to sitting with a partner and contemplating with the intent of becoming aware or seeing through the illusions that block your true nature and so without further ado dan schmidt Hey, welcome to the podcast,
1: Daniel. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. So yeah, thank you so much for joining today. I've been really fascinated with your work for, for quite a few years. Uh, you have released some absolutely awesome documentaries on, on YouTube around samadhi, what is samadhi inner world's outer worlds, and exploring this space of awakening and really like in a very nuanced and, and I feel like you you touch on it in such a deep way, in a way that I haven't really seen very much elsewhere. And so I just I really appreciate your work and excited to dive into various aspects of your work and, and bring this to to the people listening. Thank you. Awesome. Um, so in your Samadhi documentaries, there's a couple aspects of of what you talk about, that I would love to explore and get your thoughts on. Um, I think one a good starting place that we could that we could dive into this stuff is, and what we were talking about a little leading up to this episode is like the difference between like gradually building up to samadhi versus like going all in and going full bore into it. And uh, I relating this to my personal experience where like I've noticed. A couple experiences where it felt like I went really fast and then had a massive contraction afterwards or like a an ego backlash if you want to call it that and I would love to I'd love to hear your thoughts on you know what does it look like what does it look like for you in the people that you work with and in yourself to to like gradually and naturally unfold all of these patterns and habituations of the mind uh rather than like all at once. And how do we how do we sort of play the, the long-term game or like work with it long term rather than trying to reach everything and like as fast as possible?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um yeah so You know for me you know in in the traditions there are um sometimes you know the the direct path traditions and then the more um long path traditions and so you know so typically you know like the way i like to talk about it is i i just call it the pathless path and and so you know for me it's 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 not one or the other um you know there there's a you know, a, an ongoing sort of purification of the self-structure, you know, so the, the traditions that, um, you know, like Vipassana or, or um, you know, these traditions where we're going into the, the somatic field, purifying the samskaras, um, you know, any any tradition where there's a sort of unlocking of energy uh, and a development process that's happening within the self-structure, you know, to me that's all the the long path and that's the, you know, that's the purification and development of the avatar, you know, of the, the conditioned self, which, um, which is necessary. To me, you know, it's not, we can't bypass that. So, so we, we need this vessel um, to have a human experience and, and that, that ongoing purification and, and development is, is, is part of it. Um, but at the same time, if we just focus on that, um and we're not inquiring into who we are you know that finding out that we're, we're not that we're not limited to that that character or that that um physical being um then you know it there our our path will um not lead to awakening you know we we, we have to inquire you know who who i am who am i you know that is having this human experience know who's aware of all of this so that that direct inquiry um you know is is um part of it and 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 i think the two converge at a certain point so you know the the classical enlightenment is is really when that that vessel has been purified to the point where the energy flows freely Uh, it's no longer um there's no longer this effort to purify or to, to, you know, rewire it, but it, it's, you know, the energy is naturally flowing within the vessel, so that awareness can simply be present, unobscured, um, you know, un, undimmed by that, that veil. Um, so, yeah, so for me, um, you know, both, like at our retreats, we're working in, in both dimensions, and and I I liken it to you know it's like like uh, burning a candle at both ends you know we're working on the the you know purifying the self structure and the jhanas and all the the stages and and then um, at the same time waking up from the the illusion that we we need to go through any process we we simply arrive in the now to realize who we are so it's a bit of a paradox but it there's no escape from that paradox it's, yeah. it's, it's um the the allowing of that paradox is i think another you know another level of understanding of just how this whole human experience flows absolutely mm-hmm. um yeah it,
0: it's it's so interesting to me how paradoxical all of this stuff is and how it's so hard to like get full clarity or at least in my experience like like it's it's like there's these contradictions that are like very mind mind-boggling or or hard to grasp with
1: the mind, mm-hmm. perhaps. And I I think there is um you know when it comes to the direct experience as well that that not knowing is actually the gateway into direct experience you yeah. know which is it is paradoxical to the mind you know mm-hmm. the the little limited mind will never know what the direct experience is, you know, like it, mm-hmm. it, we, can only, we can only have direct experience when that little mind, you know, is it sort of enters into a space of, of not knowing. And, you know, when it's totally surrendered, it's sort of like an awe or like a non-dual kind of space of being blown open yeah. um, and and um, it's in that space where we, we can have, the, we can be in direct experience um, but that little mind n- never knows, you know, it, it's, it can, cause it's the filter. It's just like a reducing valve, you know? So the reducing valve can never take in the truth, mm-hmm. of what we are, you know, it's right. it, by its very nature. It is, it is a limitation. You know? uh-huh. mm-hmm. How does
0: it land with you? Something I've been sitting with is like the mind. Yeah. I'm curious, I'm curious if this resonates that the mind only generates distinctions between things. And that is like its main function and then it can't do the opposite is mm. that how you kind of relate to it
1: yeah the, the mind is always separating yeah it's always um yeah separating one thing from another so like at the at the very root level of that separation there's there's that separating of of a witness and what's being witnessed mm-hmm. you know so so that even that very deepest level distinction is—it's creating this this duality that that we're experiencing. So so that you know when when that mechanism of that split drops away, then um, you know who's who's left, you know at, at witnessing, you know, yeah. and and it's not a witnessing of, you know, or the witness or the awareness, um, just is. Inseparable from from what is actually arising mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah
0: mm-hmm. um yeah that brings me to there there's an aspect of this process that i felt deeply confused about or that i've been sitting with for quite a while and i would love to to hear you take you talk about it a little bit in the somali documentary of this this sort of balance between desire and desirelessness or there's um said another way it's like uh, you you talk about in the documentary how sometimes like the desire to like escape the illusion of the self can actually like reinforce the identity because you're like giving it like a sort of reality if you're like trying to like push away the ego structure and like yeah. to like get rid of it or overcome it inadvertently it like actually verifies it or like it makes it stronger um and so that like linked with this um um, yeah you talk about like desire there's like different I'm trying to um I'm curious about like relating with desire right because in the documentary you also talk about like to achieve awakening or something you it has to be with such like intensity of um, I think the quote is like a man with his hair on fire trying to find water or like drowning and trying to get gra- uh, gasp for breath. And it's like this yeah. intense desire, but also like somehow like wanting it so bad can also reinforce it. So I'm like kind of conflicted between these two things. Yeah. And I'm curious yeah. how you're relating or, or you sit with these facts.
1: Yeah. So this, this is the, the tricky thing is, you know, that, you know, in, in Zen, they, they have this word, um, they actually there's a word for this sort of impulse that that is drawing us to to awaken. So it's the hoshin or the, the way the way seeking mind, you know, or, or beginners mind, um, there's there's like this impulse to to awaken that, you um, for some people, it just is there, it's just alive and, and their, their hair is on fire for awakening. Um, but at the same time, when when that, that um, you know, that impulse to awaken happens, you know, the first thing the condition mind does is it, it asks the question, you know, how do I do it? You know, how do I make it happen? And, and as soon as it does that, you know it, it the seeker is born you know the seeker is is trying to make something happen so so you know at our at the retreats you know it's this constant recognizing how the conditioned mind is mediating it's trying to you know it's trying to make it happen it's trying to do something whereas you know the the truth when when we when the awakening happens it's so ridiculously simple you know like the that there's actually nothing for the mind to do there's no there's no technique there's no process it's it's when when that seeker gives up you know all grasping and all doing if we can just remain present continuously allowing energy to build in the present moment then this this flip this this um unfolding happens and 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 there can be a recognition of who we are, that we're, we're not that mind, but we, but we, we've given, we've given the mind so much attention and importance that it, it thinks it's in the driver's seat or it is in the driver's seat, but it, we, we think it thinks that there's something for it to do in this, this process. So, so really the, the entire game is to recognize that delusion of the mind that, you know, that there's something that, needs to be sought that is going to happen in the future and so if we can drop that you know and just be with what is continuously and and you know being with what is another layer of delusion of the mind will come up you know all whatever needs to be purified if we can just be Mm. in the present moment then there's this unfolding and and you know the unfolding um you know this is the paradox like like upon awakening you know, the awareness, you know, that that which we seek has always been present, you know, we we don't have to attain it or or cultivate it. So, you know, so the first, you know, recognition is like, how did I miss that, you know, like, it's so simple, it's so stupidly obvious, but yet, there's this, this unconscious movement, this whirlpool of the mind that is in place. So, um it's so it's like like patanjali's teaching you know the awakening samadhi or yoga is the cessation of the whirlpool of the mind and Mm -hmm. and and that's it we can't bypass that you know um we can we could have glimpses or we can have uh, awakenings um you know and and get a sense but but that whirlpool of the mind um you know it, it has to be transmuted in in some way or you know the the veil comes back and and we go back mm-hmm. to sleep over and over and and that's that seems to be what is happening with people on this path. They they get glimpses and then you know the the pull of the mind brings this illusion um, back again. So. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah. Something I really appreciate about how you frame this work and that I really resonate with is like, it's almost, I hear you say continually like this, this purifying of, 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 it's almost like this, like this car, like working through all the karma that's still there, working through all the, all the addictive mental stuff that doesn't want to be let go of. And, and, um, yeah, perhaps I'd, I'd like to hear your your thoughts on how this relates to dyad self-inquiry because as i've as i've worked with your dyad self-inquiry practice um and for the and you can also explain it but for the listeners how i understand it is like you're asking who am i but you're doing it while you're eye gazing and then you're stating and noting what comes up with the intent of like uh this and this is how it feels like it relates like letting go of all of the every time you say something, it's like, oh, that's not it. That's not it. That's mm-hmm. not it. Um, so I'd love to. I would love to hear you riff a little bit on Dad self-inquiry and, and your
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, it seems to be a central practice that you're moving towards with this work and mm-hmm. yeah, any thoughts that you're having on it these days.
1: Sure. Yeah. So for me, it's it's identical. You know, the self-inquiry dyad process is identical to what's happening in meditation, you know, for me. Like the meditation, the two components in meditation that you know that work um, are you know being being present, you know continuously present, and then um, just being equanimous or allowing um, whatever is going to come up to come up, you know without resistance, without reacting. Um, so the the dyad self inquiry is just. A, um, an intensification of that process, so when you're you're working with a partner, there's this um, witness, this being across from you that um, you know you're looking into their eyes and and you, you can't zone out, you can't escape you're You're there in the moment with this person engaged in this process. so it's it's just a sneaky way of of um, getting people to be continuously present. And and um, and the practice itself is just observing. We're just using the mind as a reporting tool. So so this is the tricky part, you know, for the mind to recognize in this process is that, you know, we we receive this imperative. You know, our partner says over and over to us, tell me who you are. And we receive this imperative. And and so the mind um, you know the the technique is to just report. When when we have this intention to directly experience who we are, then we we observe what unfolds within the self structure as a result of receiving that imperative. So we we have this intention to you know awaken or to um, know directly who we are. And then stuff happens in the self structure. Just it just unfolds, and then we we share that with the partner. So so the mind in this process is just reporting on itself, basically. It's just a reporting tool, um, and it's so the the trick in this process is to really understand that the mind, you know, is not it's not going to come up with an answer to who you are. not it's not an answer on the level of mind it's not like i i say the right words and i got it you know it's it's the 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 mind has to kind of take a back seat and just be used as this this tool to convey what's coming up within the mind and the body the emotions feelings all of that um, and then just really communicate it to the partner and and it's in that communication process that we become free of these samskaras or the, these conditioned patterns. And um, because they originally, all they, all they are is incomplete communications or incomplete experiences. So if we had a, you know, say a childhood trauma or something, you know, that experience, whatever it was, might have had a, a very strong charge so that that little child is going along happily in life and then this whatever this hap thing happens and it's too much to experience in that moment so so the energy of it gets pushed into the unconscious and and then it just it becomes a little program that's running in the unconscious until we communicate it out at another time we have a complete experience of it and then that energy is freed. so so, so, this it's essentially um, a clearing process, you know. And then, um, at some point in the retreat, you know, when we have that intention to directly experience the truth of who we are, um, you know, either either more stuff will come up, or or we will have that direct experience. At some point, we you know that intention will align with with that, um, that moment, and, and we will awaken where, you know, a good percentage of people will awaken at these retreats. So in the Charles Burner method, he, he said, you know, best case scenario, usually about 30% of people will have an awakening at, at these retreats. And I, I would say my my experience with the past retreats has been around that level. So um, so it's mysterious. It doesn't seem to ever be, you know, more than that. It's always around 30% of people will, will have that experience. Oh,
0: that's, mm-hmm. that's enticing. It, um, it feels, I mean, I, I can speak how powerful the practice has been just doing it for even an hour with someone. And I can't imagine um, doing it for three days or more straight. I, I can only imagine the, the intensity at which it could cut through, cut through uh, patterns of mind um, and the efficacy at which it could do that. Um, I'm very fascinated as well about this thing you call clearing or like, yeah, like clearing this stuff. Um, I've been sitting with these days of, you know, there's a lot of modalities around working with trauma and working with um, um, unconscious. And I find as I, Experiment with them. A lot of times, it brings me deeper into mind, and I get really caught up in all the stories of what the pattern is trying to tell me. I'm very curious about how you're relating to this, um, because it because my sense is that um, in the dyad self inquiry, it's more like noticing the 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 intensity of the energy arising from the trauma, and like almost like clearing it on an experiential level, or like um, or like Uh, another way of framing it is like when the pattern arises my first instinct is to go deep into story and like into like go into mental habituation and it almost seems like the dyad self-inquiry is a way of like when the pattern and the traumatic experience gets like re-triggered it's just like being able to sit with the intensity of that trigger and not like not like grabbing onto the urge to like go into an elaborate uh mental pattern around
1: it Mm -hmm. yeah and and it's it's literally um you know uh, like an example could be you know like a childhood um experience of being sort of forgotten or or not noticed right so so the the feeling of that comes comes up in the dyad you know there's there's that that um whatever's happening in the body and the, the technique is to convey it completely to the partner, you know, to have a complete communication. So that that person who who felt forgotten as a little kid, they they might feel like, you know, like they they might shout like, I'm here, I'm here, or you know, or they might there might be a um you know something—something something that just comes through in that—that that full, complete communication, whatever that is. You know, whatever w- whatever that feeling was that was sort of shut down and pushed away. Whatever it takes to to get it across to their partner. You know what that felt like. Um, that's what we want to do in this process. That we we want to completely, like, really, really get them to understand. You know, and and feel and and sense, you know, what this is, and and by by really communicating it, having it received without reaction, you know, the witness is always completely neutral, so that that allows this this the the complete pattern to come up, to be expressed and and then released, um, and the, and there's something mysterious in that that process because if the if the witness doesn't receive it it doesn't it doesn't really work it um you know if the witness is just zoned out or they're they're like kind of you know in their own thought process um it really doesn't work so so there's something about the completion of that cycle and and that that full communication that that really allows these samskaras to be released
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah amazing. Um
0: yeah there's also something here around no escape which i would love to touch on as well um and i think you i think you were you were starting to touch on it a bit um but but it seems to me that the the act of like looking deeply into someone else's eyes while doing self-inquiry like adds a level of it it like ups the ups the no escape um
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like the inability to escape um and so i'd love to hear your thoughts on like having that as a no escape or or perhaps other the value of no escape or Mm -hmm. how you what it looks like to to intentionally craft spaces and environments that 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 don't give the ego any escapes through through um phones and laptops and books and conversation Mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, like the traditions where you know they have intensives, you know, like the uh, the Zen session or the uh, you know the Vipassana retreats or um, you know some of the the yogic traditions where they're very intensive periods of practice. Um, to me, that you know all of these these containers, um, they they really work when there you know, it it really the 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 self-structure gets to a point where it desperately wants to, you know, engage in its pattern and and, you know escape from the discomfort of whatever is happening. And and it pushes that that condition structure to a point where something has to give. It has to has to let go. Um, So rather than escaping and reactivating the pattern, um the 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 energy um or you know the structure the condition structure um sort of opens surrenders and and the energy is is freed um, from those patterns and and i think the um you know the the esoteric traditions you know even even christianity the christian mystics um knew knew this mechanism as well um, and I, I think even, you know, I've, I've been for the next film, I have a little part on the, the esoteric uh, meaning of, of the cross in, in Christianity, you know, to me, the cross represents that sort of um, no escape for the ego, you know, the, the, the human is, is literally nailed to the cross, there's, there's no escape. And, and there's this surrender, you know, um, you know, Jesus, even on the cross, he, his heart was open, he was, he was, um, you know, able to realize his true nature. In, in, and to me, that's what the cross represents. It's a sort of metaphor for, uh, you know, so you, you could say these, these retreats are a sort of self crucifixion, you know, <laughs> we're, we're putting ourselves on the cross or in these conditions of no escape. Absolutely. I find
0: mm-hmm. that in your documentaries I loved how you talked about the various religions and how they kind of center on um, samadhi or or no escape or or whatever um, some sort of realization or
1: realization in general um, yeah, there's something I'm
0: curious about um, you, you mentioned, all right, when Jesus on the cross, his heart is open. I'm, I'm curious how you work with emotional experiences during this process. Um, I've noticed like sometimes self-inquiry as I've learned it and from the um, places that I've learned it from sometimes in my own experience, it has triggered this sort of like detachment or this sort of like like not letting myself feel any emotional experience whatsoever in the veil of being the witness, um, and I have this uh, intuition that perhaps that with your work it's almost like witnessing and also like being deeply in the experience and and heart cracked open or 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 like not actually a form of detachment, more as like witnessing fully and experiencing fully. And I'd love to hear you riff
1: on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so in this process, um, you know, the emotions come up and there seems to be a sort of alchemy that happens with emotions. So for me, you know, what, what we're doing in these retreats is we're, we're transmuting the emotion into feeling. So, And the way we do that is, you know, the emotion is always made of two components. The, the emotion is, you know, there's a sensory sort of component, you know, so it like, take something like um, anger or sadness, you know, so there's a, a feeling in the body that comes up. But there's also a belief, you know, there's something if I'm sad, I'm sad about something, right? Like I'm I lost my job or my family member whatever it is there's a there's some concept or belief in the mind that that is entangled with that feeling so so when we in these practices when when we we allow the emotion to come up we we stay with the sensory part of it we with with no resistance um but without without engaging in that pathological sometimes there's a you know, a repetitive thought pattern that is connected to to the emotion. So we, we want to stay sort of on the somatic level with what is unfolding without letting the mind, you know, really get a hold of that, that pattern and repeating it. And so if we're able to do that, then, you know, that, that feeling part will grow. And it, it, there's like a wave that moves through and 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 it it arises and passes away, and and if we can do that, um, then you know once as soon as you can drop the belief around an emotion, then it, it is transmuted in that moment into into feeling. It's it's just a phenomena that's arising within the self structure. So so that's kind of how we move through these things and different traditions. Um, use different words, you know, in Vipassana, they, they talk about equanimity, you know, just allowing everything to arise and pass away. So if we're just just equanimous with whatever's coming up, um, not getting caught in the story of, of what it is, but just staying staying in the somatic field, you know, on the root level of sensation, um, then that's, that's how it, it transmutes. And that's how we we move through this process
0: i love that i love that take on it and that way of relating mm-hmm. to emotions i've been finding been experiencing yeah. that a little bit and noticing how there can there's almost like an, an ease and like a, a spaciousness around like intense experiences that i've noticed come after like um just relating to them purely as sensations and not as and yeah i've just been noticing like How, as I'm relating with emotions um, on a sensation level, it seems to be that they're they're no less intense, but at the same time, there's like an ease around them. And I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like, they're kind of just like happening and the intensity is there. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but yeah, when all the other stuff gets added on them, they feel like so much that like the magnitude of them feels so much more. And it feels like they're so much more real and important and meaningful when there's the sensations it's like the there there is sometimes pain and discomfort and and all these things Uh, but it's there i don't know there's just like it they're just kind of moving as they wish
1: yeah yeah that's it and so like the beliefs you know there the the mind aspect is a sort of a form of resistance so so there's you know whatever whatever feeling is coming up like there's there can be pain or you know that, that discomfort in the body, but as soon as that mind resistance is there, then it it becomes suffering. You know, so there's suffering on top of whatever sensation is there. So, yeah, if we can if we can just feel and and um, it can be you know the intensity actually sometimes grows when when we we don't feed it. You know these these samskaras sometimes. You know, we, as soon as we can be equanimous, then. the the deeper level of that samskara can come to the surface so so whatever is attached to that might come up and and they are almost like waves that come up from the unconscious and and the more equanimity we have um the more will continue to come up Yeah. yeah
0: i would love to hear i would love to hear your thoughts on on fear especially Um, This is the one that's felt the most difficult Mm -hmm. to work with for me, Mm -hmm. especially after some deeper retreats or experiences with psychedelics. I've noticed uh, this sort of existential fear Mm -hmm. can get really, really intense to the point of like, just yeah, overwhelming, intense fear of I don't know who I am, and it almost feels like yeah, the ego construct just grasping for any thread and not finding anything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious in in your work, in the spaces that you cultivate, in the retreats. Um, yeah, what what are ways that you and your retreat participants uh, work with fear and work with existential fear, especially?
1: hmm so yeah so when when fear comes up um, to me it's a sign that the people are working correctly in in whatever they're doing you know it, it means the the ego construct is is starting to loosen its grasp you know and and um, that's a good thing you know so so allowing that process to happen but also um, when that fear is coming up it's a it's a very productive time for self-inquiry you know to ask you know to whom does that fear belong you know and is it is this my fear like who am i you know or or is that fear within the conditioned self you know is that the conditioned I that you know is it's it's feeling confused it's feeling like it's not in control it doesn't know what it is or who it is and You know, so, so that when that fear comes up, it's, it's the perfect time for self-inquiry. And, um, you know, it's, it's really, you know, the, the false self is made of these patterns. Like the the flip side of fear is, is hope, you know, both, both are projection into the future. You know, so fear is, is the, the conditioned self thinking something bad's going to happen, or, you know, there's, there's, something around the corner that it doesn't want and, and the hope is is that same mechanism but it's just projecting something that it does want. You know, so so both of those things, you know, are are um you know we we, we make those processes conscious and, and let them go. And they and they go together. They're they're two sides of, of one sort of mechanism so we we abandon hope and we we abandon fear at the same time so so like to answer your question you know we just fear is part of the process it just is the letting go that the the self-structure goes through so whether it's you know on the cushion in meditation or it's in a self-inquiry dyad or it's in a 5MEO DMT experience where, you know, the, the self structure sometimes, sometimes we're, we're able to surrender, um, you know, consciously other, other times um, it's more like submission where we have no choice, you know, Um, so, but the more we can consciously surrender, um, you know, the, the self structure, you know, it gets used to that letting go. Like my, my first experiences with, you know, um, awakening, like the little Dan character was, was terrified, but it's been, it, but now, you know, there's, there is an energetic sort of flip that happens, you know, within the self structure, you know, depending on on the different states that, that we're in. Um, sometimes the energy, when it, when it reaches the crown chakra, um, you know, if we, haven't gotten used to that there can be a quite a generation of of fear within the self structure but once we get used to it, it it's actually blissful that that transition can be actually incredibly blissful we just it's just like diving into an ocean you know once you once you've done it so many times it's it's awesome you know it's just you know, there's nothing to fear and and the, the self structure knows that eventually it's like okay there's nothing to fear here. It's, you know, this is just something I get used to.
0: Wow. That's,
1: that's incredible.
0: I, w- I was, I was about to ask before you shared up, like, is there a familiarity with the no self experience that happens after a while that like doesn't fully trigger that fear response? And
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that's, that's sometimes when I'm in it, it's like, Oh no, there's no, there's no way I could get on the other side of this is, is the story. Um, but it's it's really helpful to know that perhaps there is a, a familiarity or a or a comfortability that we can achieve with these um, and no so, no self states or or samadhi states or jhanas or, or what
1: you call it yeah yeah within the self structure there is a component you know that that is learned you know that is is actually you know, wired in, and to me, it's you know another analogy is is like the uh, the roller coaster. You know, when we first go on the roller coaster, it could be terrifying. You know, but but the more you go on it, you know, there's there's something that just gives way. There's a knowing within the self structure that um, if I just let go, actually, it's awesome. You know, I just I just if I just trust this. Um, and drop that resistance, then it's actually way more awesome than if I hold on and, and contract. So yeah, um, but it's you know bit by bit, you know it 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 happens sometimes over time. Some people can just let go and just blow the doors wide open, and they're they're mm-hmm. okay with that. But I think there is a there is a rewiring process, and you know that fear is there to kind of slow things down sometimes as that rewiring happens as well Mm -hmm. so it's it is you know there there are some there there, uh, to me there's always a middle way with it you know we don't always we don't want to just go to you know one extreme and do some kundalini yoga practice for like two weeks straight and blow our chakras open, you know, that that could be damaging to the the nadis and the, the energetic structures, you know, but at the same time, you know, a bit of that is, it could be productive and, and creating, you know, new pathways and, and new wiring. So I, I always feel like, you know, whatever is happening on the energy side, we, we have to have the consciousness to kind of balance that out um, mm-hmm. too. You know so that energy and consciousness are sort of growing simultaneously and not not one or the other you know being predominant
0: consciousness being like uh, approaching truth and like contacting
1: yeah just that god capacity to to allow and and witness without identification so mm-hmm. yeah just being being um you know just sort of resting our sense of of eye as consciousness you know Mm -hmm. rather rather than that sense of I being identified with the phenomena or the you know whatever is unfolding in the energetic material energetic world there right Mm -hmm. yeah Mm
0: -hmm. i'm very curious um somewhat tangential topic uh what is the place Do you see of like study studying these as well as because i mean when you're in this container it sounds like there's no escape you're not studying you're not reading you're not Mm -hmm. then when you're outside of it um you mentioned like working with jhanas working with kind of stages of awakening um i've heard you um i'm i'm diving into daniel ingram's work a lot these days and i've noticed you say some of the um some of the stages that he refers to of like arising and passing and then like equanimity and then sort of like dark night, like fear arises, like what is the value in your mind or how do you relate to like studying these and kind of understanding the territories to not get stuck in like, yeah, too much energetic or too much of like the terrifying or like kind of balancing them out. And then as well as like having the
1: containers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a a balance, I think. Uh, And, and, you know for me like you know i i was really into buddhism you know studying the sutras and and um you know i i went through that phase of trying to make a map of of you know the the territory and, and with my mind and everything and you know so i i think you know like the 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 key is you know there, there are valuable insights i think you know from these amazing beings who who preceded us so so we you know i i think again there there's a balance we don't want to we don't want to push away all of that but at the same time you know now like when i when i go you know into reading mode and 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 you know ob- observing you know the um with the analytical mind um you know the the difference is like now it's like I'm. I know that the answer is not the 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 truth of who I am will never be found in those things, you know. So all all they are best case scenario they're pointers, the now to your to you to this moment to just being. So you know. So upon awakening, like the you know, invariably people when when they awaken, they're like, this. It's so simple. It's so stupid. Like and you know all these books and all this doing and yoga practices and it was all it was all just my little condition seeker doing all this stuff and and you know so there there's this delusion that you know these these books and these these um, you know teachings and, and techniques will you know if they're if if it's the condition self learning something and doing something in order to awaken in order to find the truth it, it will never do it you know it, it, it will always fail so which that can be very productive you know eventually eventually it'll do everything it'll try every technique it'll go down every rabbit hole and and then once it's completely failed then you know it's in that total failure that awakening is possible you know once it it gives up the seeking so you know, I, I, so, you know, it, it, again, is a paradox. It's like, you know, it reminds me, there's a Ramakrishna quote, and it said, he said, uh, only two types of people can awaken. You know, one is someone who's not burdened with that intellectual learning um, and, and sutras and books and all of that, um, and, you know, so they have beginner's mind naturally, basically. You know and the other is someone who's who's practiced and and read everything they've gone to, you know to every tradition every technique and they, they've eventually come to realize they know nothing you know so that yeah okay. again is is you know we, we we have to come to this beginner's mind um you know truly to awaken mm-hmm. um but and and the best of the best teachings are just pointing us towards that mm. yeah.
0: I'm curious um as a teacher, as someone that runs these and facilitates these um, deep self inquiry retreats, what have you found your role being in like facilitating people who are are walking the path in our um I guess the the story I have or or how what I'm curious about is like, all right, let's say someone goes into self-inquiry practice there and they have like their first awakening and like uh, a lot of existential fear or like, as we said, comes up. Um, You as a teacher, having worked with this for longer and having extensive work, are you able to like go to this person and say, and like, help them understand that like there is a familiarity over time that will develop or like it's not like to not feel like it's the end of the world or is there any like uh, or I'm curious how you relate to your role as like facilitating and teaching this stuff is it is it more of like standing back and just kind of letting it happen because people will need to just go through their own thing and to like not engage at all or is there a certain like having some having familiarity with this territory is there a way to like kind of like a kind of guide along so to speak
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's you know there's a little bit of both i think I, i for me it's it's um you know the process itself is really it you know if people you know really engage in the process um doing doing the dyads doing the meditation um really it's it's like a stripping away of illusion and and they everybody has to go through that process themselves and um, you know, the only thing I think the the facilitators usually at these retreats there's two or three facilitators that walk around, and and we'll we'll just sort of interject little questions occasionally when when you know if someone's getting stuck in the mind, you know, uh, to me I I see myself as like a signpost, just going you know, oh, maybe go this way or this way, you know, um, not not telling people what. To to do, but but pointing out maybe a pattern that's in play, um, you know, or if a fear is is coming up, you know, maybe you know, just just asking a question like, you know, who who's aware of, of that fear in this moment, you know, who's aware of, you know, what what are the what what are the sensations in in the body that are part of that fear, you know, those types of questions, um, you know, bringing people. Into the somatic field when when they're getting caught into the mind, those types of things. So um, so just just kind of you know little nudges or little unstickings, um, and it and it usually just comes from experience, like just from knowing, you know, just seeing where people tend to get stuck. So um, so yeah, I I just I, I see myself as a kind of like a signpost at these retreats, just you know. Showing, you know, what I've seen over and over, and you know, there there is a um, a kind of way of, of uh, facilitating in in this Charles Burner tradition that is fairly standard as well. You know, over time they've been doing it for for decades, so there there are certain little little um, you know tricks, I guess you could say, for for helping people along the way. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Was he was he the guy that wrote the Enlightenment Intensive book, or am I thinking of someone else?
1: Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah, he came up with the uh, the the Enlightenment Intensive um, uh, whole program and and the the technique that we use at the center. So the the technique has evolved a little bit. I, there's there's a few little differences at our our uh, retreat, but for the most part, it's Charles Berner's, uh, uh awesome Mm
0: -hmm. um I'm noticing we're coming up on time um Mm -hmm. I would love to hear one last uh if if the listeners are interested in in your work and diving deeper love to hear um if you could plug the retreat or the perhaps the digital retreat or any of the the stuff that's on the radar for you in the next few months and what you're releasing
1: and working on Sure. Yeah. So, um, the retreats are all available. Um, they're on, uh, awakentheworld.com. awaken the world.com. Um, the Samadhi center is located in Canada. Um, we're, we're, a pretty small, uh, retreat center. So, um, you know, our retreats tend to book up really quickly. Um, we're, we're already booking into next year. Uh, so, um, so part of what is exciting me is to actually develop a, uh, an online retreat that that is creating conditions of no escape. Um, it's sort of an experiment. Um, it's connected to the Samadhi part four movie, um, just just bringing all the uh, the teachings that, that we use at the center um, into an online experience. Um, we're hoping to launch that in December of this year. So um, if you, if you subscribe to the newsletter um, or keep checking out uh, the site, that will appear on there at some point.
0: Amazing. And for anyone listening, I'll put all the links to the website, um, to the retreats, and to the documentaries on YouTube that I've been mentioning in the, in the show notes in the description. Um, Dan, it was so nice speaking with you today. you were so insightful.
1: Great to speak with you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you.